Are you ready, America? It's time for another edition of Game On. With your host, Stephen, Stevie Ray Braun, and Brad Bad News Bollinger. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Game On. Talking about your favorite sports and different parts of life. Might even get a little take on Lane Kiffin's wife. They tell you what they think, you're not afraid to take a stance. They'll give you the number of pleats in Charlie Weiss's pants. They're the game on guys, see sports through their eyes. Political correctness just up and dies when they give you their views on any sport you want to hear. Game on guys, eating fries, drinking beer. That is right. It is game on. I am Steve Braun. Brad Bollinger joins me, as always, here on another edition of Game On. My voice is, it's on the brink, Brad. I had to go, That's okay. I had to go PA voice yeah big voice guy and mm-hmm. uh loud crowd east texas baptist university wins the uh first round game against Laterno. it was just a 20 minute drive away or so from here in marshall so uh kind of a rivalry contest in the opening round of the uh conference champion or conference basketball tournament and i, I was, knew i shouldn't have bet Laterno. yeah you shouldn't have tigers won 12 by 12, 77-65. Good crowd on hand. Laterno came over, their student section. So it was a fun atmosphere, and I lost my voice, or nearly did, um, trying to talk into the mic over how loud it was. Well, why didn't they respect the fact that you had a show to do tonight? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, really don't I mean, know. who signed your paychecks here, Steve? That's true. They do. Oh. And they pay me a little extra. Why have that. I? Why have I been sending you money then? You haven't. Oh. Who have you oh, been yeah. sending You're money right. to? You're right. Sorry. I think I'm getting scammed. That's just what you tell your accountant. We'll get into it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I'm sending it to Steve. That's my money laundering excuse. Yes. 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 <clears throat> no doubt about it. I'm, I've got a Breaking Bad situation over here. Oh boy. Breaking Brad. Baking, breaking Brad. Or Baking Bad. I can or do a Food Network Brad. show, too. Yeah. Both are, are podcasts that are going to be coming soon. To Yes. We're going we're gonna to have a bunch of spinoffs. So. A lot of spinoffs. Um, let's hop into it. Uh, fun weekend in sports. Um, the XFL got going. We'll lead it off there. Spring football underway. And uh, Brad's, Brad made some money. Gambling on the XFL. 5-0, and baby. There you go. Uh, started off with a Arlington Renegades victory over the Vegas Vipers, 22-20, over in Arlington, Texas. Bob Stoops gets the fir- first win of the XFL 3.0, as so many call it. Um, Roughnecks victorious as well over the Guardians, 33-12. That one wasn't that close. 
and then the Battlehawks and probably what was one of the crazier comebacks you could possibly see in a football game. 18, 15, all 15, or 15 of those points for the Battlehawks out of St. Louis coming in the fourth quarter in the final two minutes or so, minute, whatever it was. Uh, they beat San Antonio, the Brahmas, 18-15 in that one. Good crowd on hand for that one, 25,000 or so in the Alamo Dome for that game. And then uh, the D.C. Defenders get the victory over the Sea Dragons, 22-18. to Overall, a good weekend, I think, for the XFL. Yes, the talent level isn't to the NFL standards, but if that's what you were expecting, you were out – absolutely out of your mind these are quarterbacks that are third string practice squad level of quarterbacks that's why they're playing in the xfl but overall i think it was good especially when you look at the fact that they've only been practicing for about five weeks total um it was just they were fun games they were close for the most part it seemed like the coaching was on par level. Uh, the talent level for majority of the teams was level as well. And that's what I'm looking for. I don't want blowouts. I don't I want mediocrity. To be competitive honest. mediocrity. Yes, competitive mediocrity. And that's what we had. I mean mm-hmm. I'm a guy that's gonna watch I watch Big Ten games on eleven AM on ESPN two sometimes. Yeah. And this was better than that. So it was fun to watch I look forward to seeing how the season progresses because there's a chance that it's going to get better as these teams are able to to practice more together. The offensive line should get better. The quarterback play with wide receivers should get better. All of it should continue to progress and improve. I agree. I think it was an absolute win for the XFL on opening week. Uh, like you mentioned, five weeks of preparation time, I think it was a hell of a job. Uh, you know, I don't think that people should expect, like you said, the NFL talent. Um, but that's okay because we're still getting pretty quality football here. These guys aren't just some schmoes off the street. I mean, they're successful college players. Some of them have been successful in uh, various professional leagues as well. And you never know what can actually come of leagues like this. I mean, you just look at a few years ago, Tyler, uh, Taylor Heineke, the Washington Commanders quarterback, came from the XFL. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you have success stories like this all the time. And even going back into like the Arena League, for example, Kurt Warner, uh, you know, he came from that league and he went on to Super Bowl greatness and uh, uh, one hell of a career. So, I think. You just got to enjoy the ride here, people. And, you know, if, you, if you're complaining about talent or anything like that, it just kind of reminds me of the whole, you know, when people make fun of professional wrestling, they're like, you know what's fake, right? Oh, really? Thank you. I didn't know that. But you know what? I'm going to get football in March and April, and it's going to be pretty decent from the looks of it. So I'm just going to be satisfied with that and uh, move on. So loved, loved the first week. Hope they keep it up. I thought the broadcast was awesome. Mm-hmm. They did a great job with instant replay. Yes. Uh, there's a few little uh, unique XFL rules that I'm really digging so far. Um, I, I think it's I think it was a home run. Uh, let's hope they keep that momentum up. Yeah, I, I agree. It was fun to see. I mean, and you mentioned a lot of these names, and you can even go back to the USFL back in the 
in the 80s or whenever, yeah, early 80s, mid 80s. And so many of those guys that, that, yes, it was a different different league in the sense that they were willing to spend a lot of money and go after some guys right out of out of college. But you're, I think you're going to see if this thing can, can have success and get into a second season and then a third season and so on and so forth, you're going to start seeing guys that maybe are borderline second-string guys say, okay, if I can make a decent amount of money, that's going to be the key. Maybe I go over here and play eventually down the road. So, um, and we it, can't underestimate the power of the Rock's popularity, his pull in this situation. Oh, and yeah. I, he understands the game. He he played the game. He knows what this league means. He wouldn't have done this unless he was completely serious about it. So they're in good hands with him. Yes. And all of these innovations that they're coming up with are going to contribute to the game um, on a much bigger scale. And you know, I think it's going to be a great opportunity as kind of a second chance league for a lot of guys who maybe have been bounced from the NFL for whatever reasons it may be, uh, behavior or injuries or anything like that. Yes. You see Josh Gordon in the league, uh, Ben DiNucci, Bryant. Martavis Bryant, Vic Beasley. Vic Beasley was an all-team, all-pro all first team. Yeah, he's a pro uh, So Defensive end, edge. Along with these new guys who might have come out of smaller schools or whatever it may be, they're going to get some second chance players. And if they keep building off of this momentum at this rate, I think it's going to be a very desirable league to be a part of, especially if you're not one of those, you know, first or string, first or second string guys in the NFL. Yep, I agree. Um, speaking of spring leagues, I know I text this to you. I just wanted to briefly mention it. USFL had their uh, rookie draft. Mm -hmm. Today, um, Chase Bryce of Appalachian State, the third overall pick to the Houston Gamblers. Uh, Lindsey Scott of Incarnate Word, quarterback there. Some of the names that are probably more familiar. Tanner Morgan of Minnesota, the QB, went to the Michigan Panthers in the second round. Um, Adrian Martinez of Kansas State, who had played at Nebraska, went in the second round as well to the New Jersey Generals. Uh, the Birmingham Stallions took Malik Cunningham of Louisville. Uh, quarterback there as well so uh, a couple names that were thrown into that draft um, Deshaun White the linebacker from Oklahoma and Jeffrey Johnson the defensive tackle from Oklahoma both selected as well so a mixture of guys from FCS uh, group of five a lot of those guys taken um, but then a, a handful or a good amount probably half of them also from uh, power five conferences so uh it's also been interesting to see how the USFL and the XFL have kind of maneuvered throughout this uh, lead up to their season and even into the season now on announcements and different things. They've kind of gone back and forth, uh, kind of played tennis in a sense of announcements. So mm -hmm. interesting to see the USFL announce their rookie draft and have it. Uh, I do have one question. The Tuesday for after you. the after the XFL started their season. What's your question? Uh, regarding the XFL. Yes. Do, are any of the new rules or, um, you know, scoring systems that they've implemented, mm -hmm. do you like any of those for the NFL? I mean, outside of the instant replay, because I think we can all agree that their instant replay is far superior to the NFL's right now. Yeah. But um, is there any of the rules that you're really loving, or uh, how do you feel about those? I, I like the – 
the uh, extra point. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a lot of fun. Um, I I love the onside yes. in the fourth quarter instead of being instead of kicking a traditional onside. I like that they can say, "Hey, we'll go for a fourth and fifteen from our own twenty-five. Right. And if we pick it up, then we get to continue with the ball. And if not, then we turn it over. Right. I I love that. I think it's just it uh, it tur- it proved to be a super exciting payoff in that in that St. Louis game. So I think that's something you look at a lot of the innovations that the NFL has had. It's come from the XFL. Right. I mean, you can go back to the 2001 version where you had Jesse Ventura up in the in the press box on the broadcast. A lot of what you see, like the camera on the field, came from the XFL. They used to have a guy with a helmet on padded up with a, right. with a camera on the field back in that 2001 version edition of the XFL. There's just so many things that have come from that. Um, right. And that's what these leagues are for. I mean, it's not and and the XFL has partnered with the NFL at least in that regard of hey, this is an opportunity to to get officials out there, get new officials that maybe are at the collegiate ranks, get them in front of a professional setting. Um and then to try out new new rules. I mean, the the one the one uh, challenge on anything. I mean, it can be a foul, it can be a whatever it might be. I think that's great. I mean, that's yes. it's just trying that kind of stuff out. They'll they'll tinker with it, they'll mess with it. The USFL did the same. I mean, they. I know the USFL. I think changed a rule mid-season last year because something happened and they adapted and altered it and were able to to make a difference. So I I think it. You'll see. The NFL continue to to watch this and take what they see s- succeeds, and I think the, I think the the replay, like you mentioned, I mean, is obvious. But I, I do think that's one that we'll definitely see uh, come to fruition. I'm glad you mentioned the officiating because that reminds me of one smaller thing that I really love, and I think every level of football should implement. There is a designated ball spotter. Yes on the officiating crew. And I think that is so smart. Uh, how many instances have we seen in the past couple of years? You think about going back to the Cowboys um, in the uh, season last year, how their playoffs ended, um, where everyone was rushing to the line, trying to get the ball set so they could spike it. Uh, you see that all the time. And it just makes so much sense to just have that one official who is just their main job spot the ball quickly, get out of the way. And they even wear a red jersey, so they're, you know, you can differentiate them. Uh, I love that, and I think they've really found a nice, you know, midway point for making the kickoffs interesting again. Yes. Uh, I love that kickoffs mean something now because my problem with NFL games these days is kickoffs really don't mean anything anymore. Usually it's a touchback. Or... Extra points, for example. You mentioned the scoring system on that. Uh, extra points are a little bit boring. I mean, they moved it back a little bit to make it further, but they can be a little bit boring. So I really, really hope that NFL uh, implements some of these, at least, you know, these few that we've mentioned so far. But we'll see. They're they're a little stubborn, but um, I think they can realize when something's so clear as 
like the replay thing, for example. Yeah, it, and the the easy thing with the replay for the XFL currently is they only have one game taking place at a time. Mm-hmm. So, in that regard, it's going to be easier to have. Uh, oh, what's the guy's name? It's not Pereira. It's Dean Blandino. Dean Blandino yep. sitting there, and as your XFL head of officials. And he's watching it, and he's serving as the replay official. And you official. know how I've even cursed Dean Blandino's name on this show before, but yes, you have. how much more interesting is Dean Blandino in that role than just trying to explain what the hell they're trying to do in the NFL games? Yes. I mean, the interactive, you know, you're in the you're in the room with him. You're in the production room with him, looking yes. at what he's looking at, looking at which replays he's pulling from, he's talking you through the whole thing. That's so much better than what they do on the NFL shows. It's just, it's insane. Well, and because he's actually making the decision. Correct. I mean, that's, the that's I think, what's frustrating with the the other guys, Terry McCauley on NBC, and you can go down the list, that they're just, they're guessing based off of their experiences and what they're seeing. And they may not be getting the same exact replays, and they're not in the room listening, and I think that's what's frustrating is that you can have Blandino sitting there, and they go to him, and he says, well, I would go with this because based off what I'm seeing, and then they cut to the official, and they're like, play stands, and you're like, wait, what? Right. Blandino is considered this expert, and he's telling it should be overturned, and you're saying it stands or it's confirmed? Like, what did they see? And – I will give that you – I mean, you've, you've started to see it in the NBA. After after they go to the instant replay, the official comes over to the microphone and announces, and that came out of the bubble. Um, but I love that. And you've started to I, – I was watching a college game in which they looked at a replay, and the official came over to the broadcast team. I think it was either TV broadcast or it may have, I may have been listening to the radio. But I want to say it was TV – but they came over, and the color commentator just handed the mic, just handed the headset to the official, and was like, you're going to tell me what's happening. You just say it, rather than you talking to me and then me trying to repeat it. Like, here's your opportunity to explain it. That should happen. I mean, the NHL has done that forever, haven't they? I mean, I feel like I've always I've, – the very little hockey I watch, I feel like when there is some kind of ruling or something like that, they're mic'd up, and they, they're able to explain it. And I, I think that's something that transparency is such a big deal. And um, them being able to do that will, will go a long way in the NFL and, and keeping that trust of a fan base. I agree. And before we switch on to the next subject, I just want to give the best bets for the XFL for week two. Oh, boy. Just so I have it on record. Okay. Um, I did go 5-0 and last week. Steve was yeah. my witness, but I didn't say it on the show, so I get it. So I just want to run through those real quick. Okay. Um, won't go too deep into them to save some time. But uh, Thursday, Thursday night, we have got the Seattle Sea Dragons at home, and they are playing the St. Louis Battlehawks. Um, I actually like the Seattle Sea Dragons minus two and a half in that Ooh. game. Didn't like the way St. Louis looked for eighty percent of their game in Week One, and the Battlehawks are traveling from a road game in San Antonio to Seattle on a short week. So give me Seattle minus two and a half. Uh, Defenders versus the Vipers. I would like over 36 and a half points. Brahmas versus the Guardians. I'm going with the under 38 and a half. 
And Renegades versus Roughnecks. I'll take the Roughnecks minus three and a half. You can't get that anywhere else. That's all I'm telling you. XFL Central. There we go. All right, let's move on and hop over to the All-Star weekend that took place in the NBA. Um, I'll be honest, I didn't really watch any of it. Um, I did see highlights of Mac McGlung uh, throwing it down. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And as Shaquille Mm -hmm. O'Neal said, literally saved the dunk contest. Right. I mean, I, I, I think I text you this, that the the thing that frustrates me with, with dunk contests, and especially dunks, and it'll be like, oh, look at this 180 or this 360 dunk. And I'm like, no, they that, that 360 was like a 330. Like, from where they actually took off, they had already started turning their back. Like, before they actually were up in the air. With Mac, brother, they were – he was – he was facing the basket and still doing five four like mm-hmm. he did a five forty dunk, and he was Absolutely. facing the basket when he took off. I mean, it was Absolutely. unbelievable. And we I, we did the countdown last week, and I did mine of the of the top three uh, dunk contest dunks, and and we did them of in game as well. And my mine basis was my top three were a lot of. The first time we saw something, this Correct. was the first time we saw. With Mac, we saw that was the first time we saw a lot of things. Just about every dunk he did was the first time we've seen anybody do anything like that. Um, it was very impressive. It's funny because I think there's a real difference between the NBA All Star Game weekend, for example, versus NFL the Pro Bowl. I feel like the Pro Bowl weekend is dead. I feel like there's no real saving it, to be honest with you. I feel like it's kind of a lost cause, but you you have these moments in these NBA weekends from time to time where you're like, something is still here. Something is still entertaining. Um, They've got to find a way to be more consistent with it, but there's still really an interesting place in sports for the NBA All-Star weekend. And Personally, myself, I really enjoy watching the uh, celebrity All-Star game more than I do the actual (laughs) All-Star game. Yes. And, I mean, hey, maybe we should focus more on stuff like that and just make it a fun weekend. I would love watching, you know, guys like DK Metcalf go against The Miz from WWE. I mean, where else are you going to get that, you know? Um, I don't know if you saw that Miz. Yeah, I think you sent me The Miz, the last second shot shot that was just after the buzzer. I mean, that's that's entertaining, and I think I would rather watch that than a bunch of absolute superstars, don't get me wrong, but they're not playing any defense. They're not really hustling. So there's something there. They just got to figure out how to bring it every year um, and not kind of get lazy like the NFL really did and just let that slip away. Well, and I, I think there is so much, there's A, so much money, put into professional sports and on the line for these players um, that it makes it difficult to to go all out in an exhibition. Yep. Especially in the middle of the season. Yes, it's an exhibition contest. For and that's fine. So that's many of those fine. guys. Yeah. And, I mean, you'd almost I, – I think the, the rookie versus sophomore or whatever they do now, futures game, some of that stuff – is 
is almost more entertainment because those guys have something to prove. Yes. Like, at this point, just do an all-star game or an all-star weekend, but it's just recognize the all-stars. Right. Like, why are we having them roll out here? Why are we having? Why are we risking some of the best players sure. in the league getting it? And I, I think you can keep the three-point contest. I think you keep the dunk contest. Yes. So yeah, just yeah, yeah. tweak the game. Yes, I agree. Oh, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, Sorry. There you are. Okay. Yes, I agree. I, I think you, you can keep a lot of that stuff. There's no reason to to move away from it. All right. Let's move on. I think we talked enough about All-Star Weekend. Yeah, that was going to be a quick one. We knew that. I mean, we're, we're going to ramp up the basketball coverage in the next few weeks. So, you oh, know, yeah. we, can, we can let it lie right now. We definitely will. We will indeed. Uh, Live Golf members will be allowed to compete in the Open. This came out uh, this afternoon. Qualifying Live Golf members will be allowed to compete in the 151st edition of the Open this summer at Royal Liverpool. The R&A announced on Tuesday. Some of the more notable Live Golfers exempt in the July 20th to 23rd tournament include past Open champions Phil Mickelson, Henrik Stinson of Sweden, Louis Oosthuizen of South Africa, and reigning winner Cameron Smith of Australia. Also available to participate are Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau, who were both in the top ten at St. Andrews last year, as well as former major winners Brooks Kepka and Patrick Reed, among others. A quote Quickly from Johnny Cole Hamilton, the executive director of Champions at the R&A. Quote, we have created an exciting schedule of events which takes in many regions around the world and provides the chance for golfers to earn a place in the Open at Royal Liverpool. We are grateful to our colleagues at the Professional Tours for their support and look forward to seeing who emerges from each event to book a sought-after place in the championship this year. I think it's the right move. I mean, these these are guys that have qualified. So, in my opinion, let them in. Let them in. Yes, there are so many issues with Live Golf. I get it. You can talk talk about the blood money and how it's whitewashing and but do we really want to point at, I mean, the old glass house thing? Yeah. that's. I mean, that's what I said from the beginning. I don't understand where PGA is getting their high ground from exactly here. And so many of these companies that have dropped so many of these guys that have taken the money. And, like, I I, I don't know. I, I see both sides. But my deal is, yeah, they're whitewashing. But what terrible things are we not privy to in the United States that, yeah, our, I mean, that our government's doing? I mean, well, you know, it's like let's let's, look, let's take a look at Augusta National where they've had the Masters yes. forever. I mean, let's talk about them not allowing female members in their club. I mean, like how far you want to go down this rabbit hole? You know? Yeah, I, that, that's that's my thing. I mean, and yes. We're this supposed, we as a country are supposed to be this moral high ground and blah, blah, blah. But are we? No, not at all. There's plenty of countries that look at us and think kind of what we think of 
and so many of these people that are upset with live golf think of Saudi Arabia. So it's it's Saudi, not like, it's not none of it's about morals. It's about money, right? Yes. And how how much morals can you sprinkle on top of all that money is where you kind of like hope to separate yourself. But at, at the root of it, it's just about money. Don't don't act all high and mighty here. Yeah. Yep. I think this is the right move. I think honestly, I think Live Golf should count towards the the world golf rating rankings as well. I mean, they should figure out that point system. Yeah. To include Live Golf. So. Right. I I just I don't understand the hesitation. These are some of the best golfers in the world. And you know what? Here's the crazy thing. If the PGA would have done all these changes that they've done now since all these guys bolted, maybe they wouldn't have left. Bingo. Maybe if you would have took care of business, don't act like you couldn't do it because now you've turned around and done it. Everything that they've been asking for, reduced schedules. Hey, if I'm a star, maybe I should be able to get in. I should have exemptions. I should be able to to play these events or play less events, play some premier events, whatever it might be. That's what people want to see these guys. They do. People want to see people they recognize, names they recognize. Yes, Live Golf doesn't have a ton of them. You look at the roster. Some of those teams that they put together, I saw one one post on Facebook or on Twitter that said if – Two of these teams, I forget which teams they were, but it was like if those two teams were playing in my backyard, I don't know if I'd even open the blinds. Yes, they do have some that you're like, ooh, I don't know a whole lot of those names or those aren't guys that I'm really interested in. But there's enough of big names playing in this league that it's going to draw eyeballs. I mean, I, I'm trying to find a way to get back into Tulsa for when they come to Tulsa to try to attend that weekend. Right. I mean, it – it's less rounds, all this stuff. All these people, oh, you play four rounds of golf. Tiger said that. I'm like, well, they, you don't in college. College golf tournaments are typically three rounds, played over two days. High school golf tournaments are, are one round. Junior well, golf, God, junior God golf forbid ones we are ever, like two rounds. God forbid we ever update the game. I mean, God forbid we ever evolve yes. the game, baseball. God forbid we ever do that. It surely won't get stale at all, baseball. I I agree. I just it doesn't make sense to me, and I'm glad to see that. I mean, one of the probably the most prestigious tournament. I know everybody will. Oh, the Masters. No, this is where golf was created. Mm-hmm. Created. RNA. Right. Like, for them to come out and say, yep, we'll take them, I think that says a lot. And I think that's a big step for Live Golf. And I think, you know what? Competition makes everybody better. Exactly. And you can say all you want about Live Golf and where you stand on that side of the fence, but... The good thing to come from this is that the PGA got a wake-up notice, and they have desperately needed one because they've been the only only show in town for a very long time, and they have been able to just kind of sit by idly and kind of just do whatever they want because they know they were the only ones really paying uh, what these guys could, you know, really... The ones that were paying that, you know, 
these guys weren't going to go to another tour, for example. I mean, they're not yeah. going to make it on the Corn Ferry tour or whatever, you know, whatever other, you know, overseas uh, association there is. It's just, it's so refreshing to see the PGA, their ears perk up a little bit and say, oh, well, it looks like we're, uh, we, we need to step up and really listen to these guys and try, try and change some things for the better. Yes, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. All right, you mentioned it, baseball and not changing. Spring training getting underway. Pitchers and catchers reported uh, last week, I want to say, maybe two weeks ago now. Uh, position players have all shown up. And the, uh, the season spring training games are going to get underway soon as well. And with that, Brad, we are going to do our top three on things to fix Major League Baseball. Yes, we are, and I feel this is going to ruffle a lot of feathers. I, I, I've mentioned that to you. Um, there's a lot of baseball purists out there still. Are there? And um, they are possibly the most annoying sports fan there is currently. But, <laughs> hey, listen, I have loved baseball since I was little. But I didn't take too long to kind of realize that, oh my God, this game needs updating. Uh, it needs to be more exciting. It needs to be quicker. I mean, there's just so many things that this game has needed and they just have stuck to their ways. Uh, you know, the steroid era really put a weird kind of stall on their progress, I feel like, and they haven't really recovered since, in my opinion. There's a lot of great players, you know, very international game, which is awesome. I love playing baseball. I love adult softball. I, I, I love playing, but for some reason, just watching these regular season games on the TV is just brutal. I mean, you know, playoff baseball can get exciting, but man, you're, you're really going to have to like twist my arm to get me to watch uh, regular season baseball at this point. I, I did, not this past summer, two years ago, 2021, I watched – a lot of the St. Louis Cardinals, mm -hmm. which is kind of uh, if I have to choose a team, that's who I say is my team. And I, I made a conscious effort to watch games when they were available. But it was tough. I mean, it's it just they take forever. I mean, it just it was a tough. I enjoyed watching when I was paying attention. And yes, it was fun. They were good games. The strategy that's involved, all of that. But man. It, it is tough to do. and uh, It is. And, you know, this top three we're going to do, it's going to be, you know, we're going to have some jokes in here, obviously, and have some fun with it. But these are serious things that the MLB needs to take into consideration if they want to survive. Let's be honest. I mean, they aren't uh, invincible anymore. You know, they aren't. They're America's pastime, but are they really at this point? I mean... Is it America's game now? It's not. No. So, nope. um, they they I mean they have to they have to be brave enough to change and evolve. Yes, and I think Rob Manfred is really trying to do that, and I think that's what's ticked off so many, so many baseball purists, is that Manfred from the get go has kind of I mean he's misspoke at times that upset them, but he's also said things that they didn't want to necessarily hear. Sure. And it's coming to fruition. He has started to do things 
and now we will see if they pay off. But I think he was aware from the get-go that uh, there were issues when it came to Major League Baseball. Well, how many games, how many professional leagues, college leagues, whatever, little league leagues, how many sports is there a designated time to just get up and stretch because it's so damn long (laughs) at this game? How many sports have that, you know? It's the only one I know. We should have we should have really thought about this in the beginning. Like, we should probably stretch after the seventh inning because we're pushing three hours now. If we go extras, it could go up to you know four or five. So let's let's stretch now, guys. You know. Yep. That that seems like a yeah. Oh, I yeah. feel like that speaks for itself. But okay. All right, let's hop into our top three. I'll let you go first, Brad. Okay. <clears throat> top three improvements. To make Major League Baseball better. Number three, I'm pulling from soccer on this one, which I know the baseball Ooh. purists are going to love so much more. Even if they, you know, they already hate me enough, I'm going to pull from soccer and install in their game. Number three, I would like five total substitutions a game. Five max. Oh, wow. And that's it. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but it's going to coincide with some other things I have on my list. I will get to at that point. But I'm talking pitching changes, positional changes. You get five total. Use them wisely, my friends. So, so you want to go more like you want more Shohei Otanis out there. I think you do need that. And the whole point of these lists, I'm just going to guess on yours too, is to make the game more efficient and make it faster, right? We need to fan, fan we need friendly to speed is what this up. Sure, fan. Fr- that's a nice way to put it. You're so nice. Um, but yeah, so number three, five subs per game total, okay. pitching, positional, all together. Use them wisely. I mean, it's a strategy. You know, a strategy will play into this, and we won't be getting so we won't be getting ten pitching changes a game that takes however long, and you know, none of these guys are going nine innings anymore anyway. So it's like, let's 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 do something there. Uh, number two, I have, I want to move the game to seven innings. Okay. And I think this has been brought up uh, many times in the past, and I know this is kind of a de- divisive uh, standpoint to have as well. But I think seven innings is plenty. Um, I don't think it takes away from anything about the game. Uh, it'll speed up the game tremendously. They're already working on speeding up the game. That's what all these new rules are about. They've got a pitching clock now. You know, batters can't leave the batter's box, all that all that jazz, just to speed up this game. So let's take it and move it to seven innings. We'll make it we'll, we'll shrink it down a little bit and we'll make it more efficient. Um, that kind of goes, you know, along with the whole five subs per game type of thing. So that'll that'll save you some stress there if you if you remove those last couple of innings, um, and then you can kind of make a little more strategic with your your pitching changes or whatever. But I mean, if you have, let's just say you have three pitching changes in that game, three pitchers should be able to go seven innings. I'm sorry, you make all the excuses you want why it's a terrible idea. I don't care. I don't care, man. You want me to watch? That's what I want. So. <laughs> Number one, best way to improve Major League Baseball, robot umpires. I am so, so tired of top-heavy 
70-year-old men blowing balls and strikes for four-plus hours when there is literally, on every broadcast, a strike zone that says exactly where the damn ball goes in the strike zone. It says if it's a ball or strike, definitively. And we still have Jerry effing West back there. God knows what his vision is anymore. And, you know, he's... I think a lot of these guys also have uh, kind of like... In the back of their heads, they have these biased opinions of certain players as well, certain pitchers even, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. if these pitchers are gabbing on all game, then they're going to hold that against them. I mean, they, they might say that they don't, but they will. There's too much of that human element in there. And I, I've never understood the human element argument for, for any sport, to be honest with you. So I want the call to be right. And I don't, I don't know why that's up for debate at all. Human element, no. I don't know. Just tell me what actually happened. That's what I want. Give it to me. Make Major League Baseball better if you want me to watch. Thank you. God bless. Bye. Do you want to run down your three? I do. Okay. Just again for um, everybody listening. Yes. Number three, I have five total subs per game. That includes pitching and positional changes. All together, you only get five subs max. Number two, Moving the games to seven innings. And number one, robot umpires. A lot of your changes, and and there it makes sense, is similar to what college softball has going on. Correct. College softball is so much more entertaining than Major League Baseball. I mean, you're looking at two, two and a half hours. It's done. It's seven innings. And Steve, not I gotta tell of, you, not a ton of substitutions necessarily. They may pinch run, courtesy run, that kind of deal, but that's to speed up the game, make more offense. Well, <laughs> I gotta tell you, I have to tell you, I didn't want to pull this card, but okay. uh, our last video on TikTok has twenty-three thousand views right now. Yes, it does. Nearly a thousand likes. Yeah. Over two hundred comments. We're getting a lot of traffic right now. You know, we're we're kind of. We're kind of moving up a little bit. Yes, we are. And uh, I'm afraid these lists might just knock those totals right back down with all the uh, baseball purists we're going to lose. But, hey, that's what we have to do. That's true. We have to tell it like it is. No doubt about it. All right, time for my list. My top three improvements if I was running Major League Baseball. Number three, let's move that mound back a little bit, buddy. I think that by moving the mound back, it would increase offense. You would eliminate strikeouts, or at least not eliminate, but reduce the number of strikeouts, which would make more offense. And I think would make it, A, more exciting for fans, but more action. That's what we're looking for. We want action. Either defensive plays that are amazing, but there's a reason, and I read this, and it's it was great. There's a reason there are nine men on the field. Let's get them all active. Let's make them part of this game. So move the mound back. Do you have a distance in mind? or? I don't have one necessarily, okay. but I, I just Fair. think backing it up gives an opportunity for the batter to see the ball even easier and uh, be able to – Well, because and wanted, you, got, well, you have guys throwing 100 miles per hour. Correct. I mean, and, and up in the high 90s, mid-90s, 
back in the day, for all those purists, back in the day, <laughs> guys weren't throwing that fast. Like, back them up. Make it, make it to where people – we've seen the NFL make offense a priority. Yes. And it's boomed. The NBA has made offense a priority almost so much so that it's – defense isn't a priority at all. And it boomed there for a while, and now you've started to see the, the downside of the side of that because the NBA hasn't adjusted. Major League Baseball needs to adjust. Yes. And one additional benefit to your number three there, uh, it would make the game a little bit safer. Yes. I mean, you can just keep adding up the ways why it's a good idea. Yes, I agree. Um, number two, speed up the game. There's no reason, and I know they've started with the clock. And it's a great step. Speed it up to where guys aren't trying to adjust their their glove or their shoulder pad or their elbow pad or wrist pad, whatever they've got on. Every at every pitch, they don't need to get in the box, stand in the box. Let's get going. The pitcher doesn't need to walk around to the back of the mound after every pitch. Get up there and deal. Let's see what happens. Okay. Speed it up. Let's get going. And then number one, and this isn't this has nothing to do with on the field. Eliminate blackouts. Get rid of it. Make the games accessible to fans via online. Make it to where people can actually watch your games. Make them ex- accessible. I know living in Tulsa, you can't listen to a Major League Baseball game in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can't listen to it. Make it to where you can listen to games online. Find radio stations. Try to get to the fans. You can listen to Minor League Baseball. People love going to Drillers games. People love going to Minor League Baseball games. People love going to baseball games in general. Right. Like make it to where people can follow it. Make it accessible. So get rid of blackouts. Get games online. Make it to where it's easy for people. They don't have to pay a subscription to watch. Get it back out there to where people are able to access it, be invested, be interested, and they'll keep coming back. So my top three. Number three, move the mound back. Give batters an opportunity. Number two, speed up the game. Don't be lollygagging fixing your gloves in the batter's box. Let's get going. Don't be walking around the back of the mound. Get up there and throw the ball. And number one, eliminate blackouts. Make the game accessible to the fans. Get it online. Get streams online. Get audio streams online. Ways that people can follow the game and listen and watch and be able to be invested in baseball once again. Beautiful. Uh, And if there's one sport that can afford to be, you know, to invest in all this interactiveness that you talk about. It's baseball. Yes. It's baseball. And in the world of gambling, you should be able to, like, I know they have where you can gamble on every single pitch. Like, embrace that. Make the games accessible to where people will actually do that. Like, you degenerates, like you would mm-hmm. probably be on top of that if you were able to watch the game live. Correct. Online. You're able to follow and be a part of it and know what's happening within the grand scheme of the game. 
And I know they have their season pass options, but is there any sort of uh, like red zone type show for baseball? I think they might have some kind of landing, yeah, where they bounce around. But I, I again is that I, on the network or? Um, I think it's part of the the league pass type deal. Okay. Yeah, but again, that league pass deal, you can't watch games if you're in the market. Correct, yeah. Or if they're playing a team that's in your market. Which, if you're in parts of Iowa, you're, like, within eight markets. Oklahoma used to be, like, four. There used to be four. I think Houston was part of the Tulsa market. Tulsa technically was a Houston market. You know how long it takes to get to Houston from Tulsa? Oh, God. Worst drive of my life. Yes, I do know. So you had Dallas, you had Houston, it was like St. Louis, it was Kansas City. Like, if they if they didn't sell out the game, you couldn't watch. That's an issue. Make it to where people can get invested, and then maybe they'll start showing back up in the stadiums. Right. And I went to, count them, two Major League Baseball games in person last year. And you know what? You. It was it was awesome for about five innings, and then I started dying a very slow death. I mean, it's so fun to go to these games, but they just drag, especially if it's not a close game. Like if it's oh, yeah. like, you know, if it's seven to one for a majority of the game, it's just so brutal. Mm-hmm. And these these things, these suggestions, these ideas would help combat that. So I mean. <laughs> Baseball can be so much greater than it is, and I hope they get there one day. And I think there's there's stuff they could probably do with the salary cap and salaries and all of that that could adjust it to where it makes sense as well. I mm-hmm. mean, but you got. I wish they would hype up the international baseball more too. Um, I think you know these countries nowadays. Uh, USA isn't the only country playing baseball, my oh, friends. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the Dominican Republics of the world and, you know, China. Japan, all that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think if you could just Hong amplify, Kong. you know, this international competition and kind of get some, you know, uh, country pride on the line a little bit more. Um, I never know where to watch those games anyway. Um, so I, I just there's just so many different things they can do to just kind of, you know. Move it forward, guys. Move it forward. I mean, I I watched. I don't know how much was it, the Korean league. Yeah. That during COVID, that was yeah. still playing. It was like yeah. the only sporting event you could possibly watch, that was live. And I, yes, we, Caroline was born and she was waking up at all hours of the night. So there's a few times that she would wake up and. I would go feed her a bottle and turn on ESPN, and I'd sit there and watch Korean basketball or Korean baseball mm-hmm. from the comfort of my couch with my newborn. And you had those guys sitting there commentating from their living rooms, but yeah, yeah, I was watching, right? Because it was and accessible. To, uh, it was on. To, uh, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I mean, you're it. absolutely right. And to add to my point, uh, just look what the World Cup does for soccer. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people in this country who are not fans of soccer, but when the World Cup comes around, 
their eyes are on the screen. Their eyes are on what's happening. Even if they don't watch every game or anything like that, I think a lot of people still get invested uh, cheering on the U.S. during these, you know, every four years, these World Cup tournaments. Uh, and I, I would like to see that for baseball as well. Well, and, and you look at softball. There's not a ton of strikeouts in softball typically. The ball gets hit in play. There's a lot of great defensive plays that happen. Yes, there are strikeouts that take place. I'm not saying they don't, but there's a lot of plays that happen. And in that regard, that's what makes it so exciting. That's why we've seen it take off. That's why I'm excited for this professional league that's going to be playing this this summer. Um, Oklahoma City having a team, and I, I just think that's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing if they're able to get those games on, on air. Yeah. The yeah. success that you've seen of Oklahoma college softball across the state at all levels. I mean, it's just, it's exciting to see. There's a lot of offense. Sure. It may not be a ton of runs, but the ball is in play. Yes. And it's not just a two man game. And, you know, major league baseball has cleaned this up recently, but you know, when they would make those pitching changes back to back, I mean, you want, we got to get the lefty versus the lefty, then bring in the righty versus the switch hitter. I mean, when you're switching pitchers, every batter, it was just brutal. Just brutal. And let them Send your pitcher out there and let him pitch. Let him have God. some personality, too. Yes. Let the players have personality. How about that? I mean... Purists. The, Purists. The reliever for the Mets with the trumpet music. Awesome. It was awesome. It's become this massive deal. Every time he enters, social media is just flock to it. Build off of it. Yeah. And it's well, not even necessarily he, <laughs> him having a huge personality, but they their social media team made it, did a really good job of making it a big deal. The music was catchy, and they built off of it, and it became this massive deal. And, yes, they were having success, and he was having a lot of success, but people were following Yes, and, you know, I mean, look at their biggest competitors, uh, NFL, NBA. I mean, they let their players be who they are. Yep. They let them be characters because they know at the end of – I'm going to say this so many times on this show, but at the end of the day, everything is professional wrestling, okay? Even those characters that you hate, you curse their name for having an effing trumpet played while they run out there. You know what they are? They're a heel. They're a bad guy. And you know what? They're getting your reaction, and that's what they need to do. Whether it's good, whether it's bad, they're getting a reaction, and they're getting your eyeballs on the screen. Yep. It's what it comes down to. Dollars and cents make the biggest difference when you talk about the old sports television and sports leagues. All right, Brad. I think that's it. All right. Good show. All the ways you can follow us, Game On Pod on Facebook and TikTok, Game On Guys on Twitter. You can email us at emailgameon at gmail.com. You can also follow us or find us on our website, gameonpod.com. Um, I, hopped, I I created some new account, Spoutable or something like that. I don't know. It's like an alternative Twitter. Game On Pod there. We haven't posted anything. All right. It's got our really logo. selling it. It's got our little logo on it, though. So <laughs> if you're there, follow us. And uh, for the 100th time, Instagram is coming. Yeah, we'll get that going. It's going to happen. For Brad Bollinger, 
I'm Steve Braun. This has been yet again another edition of Game On. Two, one, two, three. Are you ready, America? It's time for another edition of Game On. With your host, Stephen, Stevie Ray Braun, and Brad Bad News Bollinger. <laughs>